Ditra Public Affairs presents Discussions with Ditra, where the Defense Threat Reduction Agency brings together subject matter experts to discuss meeting today's challenges of WMD and emerging threats, increase awareness, and deliver morale-boosting information. Our moderator today is Dr. Michael Howard, a Senior Program Manager with Ditra Acquisition Management Department. And now, today's show. Good afternoon, Ditra. Dr. Mike Howard here today with Dr. Diana Gelhaus, Senior Talent Advisor for the Chief Digital Artificial Intelligence Office at the Pentagon. Welcome, Dr. Gelhaus. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, we're delighted to have you today. Uh, Dr. Gelhaus, let's take a, just a few moments to uh, share your background with our audience today. Oh, sure. Uh, it has been a, a great journey so far, and I'm just getting started. Uh, I'm an economist by training and a policy researcher, and I'm here at CDAO as a senior advisor uh, coming by way of two think tanks. One, the Center for Security and Emerging Technology, or CSET, at Georgetown University, where I designed uh, and led a line of research on AI education and workforce. Uh, and also from the Rand Corporation, where I'm still an adjunct researcher, and I worked on all things DOD manpower and personnel issues. I've also spent six years in government at the Export-Import Bank and the Bureau of Labor Statistics, as well as another think tank here in D.C. So I've been thinking about AI education and workforce issues, uh, DOD manpower and personnel issues, and I really uh, find a lot of joy in all things tech and talent because the economist in me knows that that's what's driving innovation and growth. Well, uh, we're delighted to have you again. And uh, as I've been engaged at DITRA through the uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, data science working group, we've been engaged uh, with your office uh, over the past year, initially uh, with the Joint uh, Artificial Intelligence uh, Council, uh, the Jake, and now the CDAO. Uh, as I said, we've been engaged and uh, really seeking your your guidance along the way and your artifacts. And uh, as we uh, go down this path of establishing our own uh, artificial intelligence machine learning and data science journey at the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. So uh, let's let's get into the questions because we've got people who are really interested in what you have to say. So we're talking about growing uh, an AI-ready DOD workforce. The National Defense Authorization Act of 2020 and the National Artificial Intelligence Research and Development Plan established a U.S. policy to prioritize building an AI-capable workforce. These workforce development policies emphasize an AI education strategy for the DOD as an important step in ensuring that the military can win future conflicts against peer competitors. So, Dr. Gellhaus, what is the CDAO's role in developing a DOD AI-ready workforce? Thank you for teeing this up. Uh, let's absolutely get after it. We have a really big role, bottom line. Let me level set a little bit as to why. 
The CDAO, as you noted, uh, has been set up uh, just over a year ago and, and really to get after uh, advancing data and AI capabilities and their deployment, their responsible deployment across the department. We're calling it digital transformation. Uh, we know that this is what we need to, to fight and win tomorrow's fight. And Ditra has been an, a valuable partner. But you can't really do this without talent. We know that people are our greatest asset. And we know that Secretary Austin's, one of his three key priorities is taking care of our people. And we take that very seriously at CDAO. And so we've actually set up an entire group that is dedicated to digital talent management. So what is our role? It's a really big one. Um, and it also spans the entire talent management life cycle. We want to understand end to end what's going on with this workforce, what their pain points are, what they need to be empowered, enabled, and equipped, uh, and support that, uh, and, and, and advocate as we can, as is needed, to make sure that the right talent is at the right place at the right time with data analytics and AI skills. So that means a lot. It's also a little bit bigger than education. So you noted in your question that we do have an education remit um, and we also have a, a remit for AI. It's actually even bigger than that. So we're working an entire range of initiatives. We've got uh, five working kind of bodies of, of effort here. And I'll quickly just touch on each of those if that's okay. Please feel free to, to, to cut me off. Uh, but I could talk about this all day. So we've got uh, you know, some really audacious goals here and we wanna do things a bit differently. How are we gonna get after that? First, we set ourselves uh, up by making, uh, reestablishing ourselves. We had this in the Jake days, but reestablishing ourselves as the functional community manager at the OSD level for the data analytics and AI workforce. And I'll note that we're working in close partnership with our colleagues in research and engineering who oversee the software engineering workforce. We know there's a lot of overlap there. Similarly, with the cyber workforce, we work very closely with our colleagues at the CIO uh, to make sure that we're all working together. Uh, and we are bringing into the fold the chief talent management officer and PNR who oversee a lot of the issues that we are also working with. So the first thing is to make sure we're setting the foundation and we're uh, engaging with uh, the strategic partners we need to work together to get some of these issues over the finish line. What else are we doing? So in addition to establishing ourselves and, and some governance around what we're trying to do, we're also building an analytic capability to help DITRA and others with uh, better analytics around who, who is in this workforce, what is this workforce, uh, what, what are trends in demand and supply? How can we make sure we're planning ahead to resource appropriately? Uh, what are the education and training gaps? All of that. We're also, uh, we have a whole development body of work. We're doing education and training full stop. And uh, that includes baseline education. It includes practitioner upskilling. It includes education for our senior leaders who need uh, to, to be equipped to succeed in a data and AI enabled world. Uh, we're also thinking about building our uh, community of practice. Well, we will, but how, how we wanna do that? We're calling it digital commons. And this is really meant to be a, a marketplace, a resource, an all stop, one stop uh, that is offering uh, upscaling, career op uh, opportunities, 
you know, being a platform for chat, access to resources and tools, all of that, taking the best of breed from across the enterprise. And finally, we're thinking about cultivating tomorrow's defense digital workforce and what we need to do. Uh, and I think we'll talk a little bit more about this to make sure that we uh, as a DOD uh, and, and, you know, broader U.S. government, uh, U.S. economy are set up for success and making sure that we all have access to the right talent at the right place at the right time. Quite a large scope there. It is. It's. I'll call it audacious. Let's talk about that workforce uh, development piece. You mentioned cyber. Uh, so, and, and I was engaged in some of the critical analysis working groups uh, that over the past several weeks back, uh, so what is the DOD cyber workforce framework and how does the uh, DOD cyber workforce framework currently serve components? This is a fantastic question because I think a lot of people, given the name, associate the DCWF with cyber when in fact it's now been expanded to include data analytics, AI and software engineering. So what is this framework? Think of it as infrastructure. We're going about how we define and identify people with cyber data analytics, AI, and software engineering skills in a different way. We're moving orthogonally, I'll call it, to occupational series, which are just not as granular as they need to be. They don't get us where we need to go in terms of uh, being able to identify talent, define talent, hire talent. We know that people who have these uh, knowledge, skills, and abilities uh, span a whole range of uniform career fields and occupational series. Uh, this makes workforce planning really difficult. So what we're doing and what the DCWF does is they have work roles. There, uh, It started with cyber, and that's been around for several years. And we've now moved into expanding that framework. And I think the name is actually going to get changed. But what these are, are these are kind of functional areas. So each work role, for example, data steward, data officer, AI innovation leader, AI ML specialist, data scientist, right? These are some of our work roles. They have a definition. They have a whole set of knowledge, skills, and abilities and tasks that are associated with them. And they're ultimately coded to work uh, your billet. And what that allows us to do is say, okay, where in the force uh, does this talent live? What are the needs relative to the gap, uh, the, the demand relative to the supply? Where are the gaps? How can we get after better targeted education and training to meet those needs? How can we get after better workforce planning to fill those gaps? What kind of resourcing do we need to have in place? Uh, it really helps us in a data-driven way understand who the cadre of talent is from a spaces and faces perspective. So what is a DCWF? It's a new construct for how we are defining and identifying our workforce. Okay. Okay. That's quite thorough. Uh, you may have answered, touched on this through your response to uh, the question I just asked. However, uh, inquiring minds want to know because we've been engaged in this you know, for over a year now, a year and a half probably, uh, would you explain the pivot from the 2020 DOD AI education strategy, which included various archetypes to the new DOD cyber workforce framework? Yeah, I actually get this question quite a lot 
which is uh, really fantastic to see that so many people in the community were following closely to the 2020 AI education strategy uh, and really found value in those archetypes and the education and training programming that came out of that. And we've definitely carried forward a lot of what, what worked well uh, and in terms of a best practice that we're continuing to, to offer and scale. So the move away came uh, because we became a CDAO. The AI education strategy was really focused on education around six archetypes that were specific to AI. And it did not have the workforce analytics piece. So it was missing a little bit of the rigor behind what talent you have, what talent you need, what kind of education and training uh, does that suggest uh, should be designed and, and provided to the enterprise. So the intention was great. But when CDAO was formed, it was a merger of CDO, of Jake, of the Defense Digital Service, of Advana, of elements of Project Maven, right? So there was a, several groups that came together to form CDAO. Our remit expanded. And what we wanted to get after in terms of talent management also expanded to be much broader than just education. So that's why we shifted uh, away from that. However, the senior executive education series that we offer came out of uh, the AI education strategy. Our work role for the AI innovation leader came out of the AI archetypes. So we really tried to bring over with us what was best in breed from, from that effort and uh, was resonating as a need with our community. Thank you. Thank you for that. Next, uh, I wanted to talk about this. In the 2024 NDAA Section 222, it requires an update to plans and strategies for artificial intelligence. In regard to this, to CDAO's role, can you share progress on the update to your strategic plan to address the current AI training challenges for the Department of Defense? Yeah, so I have not fully read this language. So let me start with that. Having uh, not fully read this language, I can tell you what I know and what we're doing. And I know that CDAO is working on a data and AI adoption strategy writ large for the department. That is not a uh, part of what directly what our team is doing. We are tracking on that. And uh, I know that that is a priority to provide strategic guidance. We're also, as a CDAO, putting out several playbooks and other reference materials that are going to support uh, building out your data and AI capabilities, providing some governance, best practices, all of that good stuff. So I, I know that that is an ongoing and active area that CDAO is, is, is working on uh, and very regularly engaging with component lead CDAOs, CDOs, understanding what the needs are, what the levels of maturity are across the different organizations that we're working with. Really, you know, doing our market research and knowing our customer and being able to provide support and resources accordingly. That's exactly what we're doing in digital talent management from an education and training perspective. So as we are standing up, what that means to be a functional community manager, as we are uh, working through and maturing our education and training offerings, 
you know, we, we may also choose to put out some strategic guidance. But in the meantime, I can tell you that we are working carefully, thoughtfully, and aggressively to make sure that our community has the education and training it needs. Awesome. Great segue into my next question. What is the state of access, availability, and the adequacy of basic artificial intelligence training and education curricula available to the broader uh, department in workforce and military personnel? I am going to put my researcher hat on for the first part of this question. I think it is piecemeal when you talk about the state of data and AI education across the enterprise, especially when you're talking at that foundational or baseline level. So I think that you've got a difference in how the components are thinking about data and AI in terms of whether they call it digital or data, whether they are emphasizing AI over data over software, whether they're talking about fluency, uh, acumen or literacy. So, and the, the amount of uh, educational offering that uh, civilians and uniformed personnel have access to really does vary. So I'm going to say that right now, I think there's a lot of great and awesome momentum to bring this type of education to the entire enterprise, but uh, it has been a bit piecemeal. Understandably, this is all a part of how uh, education and training is funded and provided at an enterprise level currently. So this is not a surprise uh, to say that, in, in fact, we do see uh, different levels of maturity and different uh, scales of availability of this type of education. So we are trying to make sure we understand what's already being offered, uh, what's working and what's not in terms of the delivery method, the, the content format, all of those best practices and pedagogy and, and making sure that we are using a common lexicon to talk about some of these issues. Uh, and we are also doing our part to provide baseline education uh, that is asynchronous, that people can access on demand from any time, any place. So we're offering, uh, we're actually going to roll this out at the end of the month. We're really excited. Something called MIT uh, Horizon. We're calling it Digital On Demand. And it's not just data and AI, but it's actually all emerging technologies. It's providing uh, an interactive primer uh, uh, on a range of issues that people can do as much or as little as they want. They can watch podcasts and videos. There's, uh, it's gonna be, uh, the content's gonna be updated quarterly and it's gonna be offered through Digital University as one of our partners. But, but this is also to say, we appreciate that our senior leaders uh, need, you know, also need tailored education for their needs. So we have our senior executive course. We're also thinking, and we have piloted uh, an online version of this course. So we're thinking about making sure that different modes of delivery are available to our customers based on what they need and how they need it. Well, that's exciting. Uh, MIT Horizons. Yes, I think I remember taking a 101 course with them, but that's awesome. Uh, as part of the Defense Threat Reduction Agency's AI readiness strategy, we've engaged in a number of CDAO and DAU uh, pilot training programs, that's Defense Acquisition University. 
Uh, will the CDAO continue to leverage DAU as a primary source for AI training support, as well as other civilian academic institutions? The short answer is yes. Uh, we, we are engaged in conversations uh, across a range of potential partners because we really don't want to reinvent the wheel. We want to leverage what works and what's already out there and where people already know they can access information. So DU, DAU has a customer base. It, DU has a customer base. And we know that both platforms offer basic education in AI fundamentals. And in fact, DAU has been doing a lot in that space to make it a public offering. So we are tracking what they're doing. We are talking with them regularly and we are eagerly and actively looking for ways to partner with these institutions to make sure that if there's already content out there that people can have access to that's been vetted and, um, and validated, then we want to be able to share that with our community. So this is an all hands on deck. Let's not overlap and duplicate. We don't want to reinvent content that's already out there that is uh, effective, that, that is resonating with our customers. And, and so we are, we are having active conversations with a whole range of partners. That's great news. Well, lastly, what are your thoughts on the challenge we face to attract and retain the talent the DOD needs to compete in the future in light of the lack of the lack of enough in-house AI skills? I love that question. And my, uh, uh, my first thought is how much time do you have? <laughs> because I think about this question a lot, right? This is the bread and butter of, of what I do. And I think that this is not just a DOD problem, it's actually a larger U.S. problem. So we need to make sure that we've got the right economic education and workforce policies in place across the board to organically cultivate talent and to attract this talent. I'll, let me just quickly tackle kind of both threads here. From a DOD perspective, uh, I think we it starts with uh, doing a better job of defining and identifying what this talent is and and, and, and where this talent is in, across the organization. So when we talk about the mix of mill and civ and guard or active or contractor staff, uh, you know, even in your question, there are some assumptions that we don't have the best data to, to address or to validate and address. And, and so it's like it, when, when, when people ask, okay, well, we want to attract and recruit a certain amount of talent Let's do that good workforce planning. Let's be data-driven. Let's know who we're talking about, what we have. Uh, do we need to offer uh, upskilling? And if so, in what direction? Uh, how can we make our investments more effective strategically when it comes to our, our human capital? I think we're doing a lot there. We are moving out on these work roles. That's going to help us get there. Uh, but it also includes making sure that the infrastructure is there that when talent shows up, they have the tools and resources they need to succeed on day one. It also is about organizational and cultural uh, conditions to make sure that data and AI are celebrated, elevated, and prioritized as a strategic priority in organizations. And that is still a transition that we are trying to, to encourage, uh, but, but we still have a little way to go. Uh, so I think on the DOD side, 
we really need to, it starts with defining and identifying talent uh, that we already have, and then being able to plan for the talent we want to bring in. Uh, and we have to do those both together. And we are working on initiatives across the board to get after some of these challenges from the attraction and recruiting side, all the way through the development side and the assignment, retention, promotion, all of those questions that we know exist in our community. Uh, that's why we really wanted to create an end-to-end -end agenda. So that's on the DOD side. And I'll just quickly say uh, on the U.S. side, we need to do more to cultivate AI talent. So if there's not a sufficient pipeline of talent that we're cultivating from the beginning, it's going to really limit how much the government is able to attract and recruit talent, right? So you've got this idea of let's get more AI education into classrooms. Let's get more people excited for a career in AI or an AI adjacent field. Uh, let's make sure that we are encouraging people to DOD to be a place that people want to come and work. And also, let's make sure that we're setting the conditions right to attract the best and brightest from across the world. And, and what does that look like if, if we want people to be able to work on national security uh, problems in, in different settings and in different contexts? So I, I think there's a bit more work to do. So I have a lot of thoughts there, but I am really excited about what we're doing at CDAO now and with our strategic partners to get after some of these challenges. That's great. Uh, I see infinite possibilities. Infinite. Me too. <laughs> well, Dr. Geldhaus, uh, it has been a pleasure. Uh, I believe the audience would find uh, what you've shared today uh, very insightful and very informative. Uh, I look forward to working with your office in the future. And thank you again for joining us uh, for this podcast. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and really appreciate the opportunity to share what we're working on. And thanks for being a great partner. Thanks for listening. To hear more podcasts, don't forget to subscribe on Google Play or wherever you listen. You can find out more about DITRA at DITRA.MIL.